Welcome to the latest edition of Norton Rose Fulbright's Regulation Tomorrow podcast, where we explore the latest developments in risk and regulation in the financial services sector. This podcast is part of our series on the Financial Services and Markets Bill, introduced to Parliament in July, and today we're going to take a closer look at the provisions on financial promotion. To do this, I'm joined by Hannah Meakin, a partner in the London Financial Services team, and I am Matthew Gregory, a counsel in the Financial Services team. So, to begin with, Hannah, what does the bill actually say about financial promotion? Well, maybe we should just take a quick step back first and remind ourselves what financial promotion actually is. So the, the regime here is the UK's restrictions around marketing of regulated products and services. And it essentially means that you can only communicate financial promotions in three cases. First, if you're authorised by the PRA or the FCA. Secondly, if you're not, but you've had your financial promotion approved by such a person. And third, if you can, you're not authorised, but you can rely on an exemption. So under the current regime, the second of those two options essentially permits any authorised firm to be able to approve any financial promotion subject to having the right systems and controls to be able to comply with the FCA rules. So HM Treasury confirmed last year that it would introduce what it calls a new gateway, which would effectively mean that a financial promotion can only be approved by a firm that has permission to approve financial promotions. And that kind of approval could actually be further limited to reflect the firm's expertise. So, for example, if a firm only has uh, has expertise in relation to uh, retail clients um, and high risk investments, then it might be able to give uh, approval in relation to those types of promotions, but not necessarily in relation to other types of promotions. So all of this requires amendments to FISMA, and it's these amendments that are included in the bill. So section 21 will, going forward, provide that a financial promotion can only be approved by an authorised person that has permission to approve, and it will prohibit authorised persons from approving financial promotions unless they have permission to do so. So in other words, the obligations will sit on both the unauthorised communicators who want to get their financial promotions approved and the authorised firms who are doing the approving. And then it will be possible for both um, firms that are already authorised and also firms, companies that are applying for authorisation in the first place to be able to apply for this type of permission. And the FCA will be able to grant it um, either generally or subject to whatever conditions it considers to be appropriate. And then I think just to finish on this piece, the, the, the requirement um, to have this permission will be subject to certain exemptions that will be specified by HM Treasury in a presumably in a statutory instrument. And they will relate to, for example, certain persons or certain activities or certain circumstances. And um, HM Treasury did previously say that it intended that this requirement for approval should not apply, or so this requirement to have permission to approve should not apply in relation to situations where an authorised firm is approving the financial promotions of either itself or other members of its group. And so presumably that's where that type of exemption will, will come in. But um, I guess we need to kind of wait and see exactly how this will play out in practice. So um, 
Matt, maybe it would be worth talking about why these changes are important and in particular, you know, why HM Treasury wanted to make them and what they will actually mean for firms and others in practice. Yeah, thanks, Hannah. Well, look, I mean, the issues really stem from the fact that at present, as you say, any unauthor any authorised firm uh, is able to approve any financial promotion of an unauthorised firm. Uh, there's no specific process through which a firm must be assessed as, as suitable or competent before it's able to approve financial promotions of unauthorised firms. It's also the case, of course, as I say, that authorised firms are also able to approve the financial promotions of any unauthorised firm at the moment. And Treasury identified three core concerns surrounding the structure of the regime at present. The first is that there's a lack of relevant approver firm expertise. So financial promotions can cover a broad range of products and services, and technically it's possible that some approver firms are able to approve promotions for a product outside the area of expertise. Although, you know, to do so could call into question compliance by that firm with regulatory rules surrounding the communication of those promotions. And um, secondly, Treasury identified a lack of approver firm due diligence. So it really informed by the work undertaken by the FCA, Treasury formed the view that there were cases where approver firms were approving promotions without properly interrogating their compliance with regulatory requirements. So one example given it comes from the FCA's thematic work where it identified firms who'd approved promotions of unauthorised issuers of securities without properly assessing whether those issuers were capable of delivering the investment returns that were being promoted. And then thirdly, Treasury's view was that the FCA didn't have a sufficient regulatory toolkit in order to exercise sufficient oversight of approver firms so as to address the perceived risks, for example, around consumer detriment and misunderstanding. So as to what all of these changes will mean in practice, I mean, clearly at a macro level, this is a major change for the sector as a whole. As you mentioned, there'll be some exemptions to the broad requirement for firms to have a specific permission, or those, as you say, again, Hannah, those uh, those exemptions, the detail really is, is reserved to regulations. And more generally, clearly a great number of authorised firms will have a new regulatory process to contend with. There'll be obvious impacts for firms uh, across sectors, such as investment-based crowdfunding platforms, where you know, approvals are an inherent part of the commercial operation. But I do think there's also a greater population of firms out there who wish to consider obtaining this specific permission. In practice, some firms often wish to approve communications of unauthorised firms in quite specific and, in some cases, unplanned situations. I mean, the ability to do that quite rapidly will no longer be possible without this particular permission. So I think, I think firms should really be doing scenario planning now of the potential need for this permission and where it's likely to be required and obviously giving careful consideration to the merits of obtaining it at the earliest opportunity. But Hannah, is that everything that we were expecting? on FIMPROM in the bill? Well, well, I mean, we were certainly expecting that the bill would cover that legislation relating to the gateway framework. Um, but there were actually two other changes that HM Treasury has been discussing in relation to financial promotion that were not in the bill. So the first is the extension of the financial promotion regime to capture qualifying crypto assets. So there were there were various provisions in the bill around uh, digital assets, um, and the regulators have been given some very very broad powers in that area, but the specific financial promotion amendments are not there, um, and we assume still to come. So perhaps we'll hear more about those when the government consults on its wider regulatory approach to crypto assets, which we're expecting later in the year. And then secondly, um, HM Treasury last year, or earlier this year, 
consulted on changes to certain exemptions being those used for high net worth individuals and sophisticated investors, essentially updating the definitions and putting a clearer responsibility on those that use them. Um, and so the changes or any changes that might be made here were also not included in the bill. Um, although we note that the FCA has continued to pick up on some of the ideas that I think are driving those potential changes in its uh, rules um, that have been published on high risk investments. And um, Matt, actually, perhaps that's a good time to kind of ask the question how these provisions in the bill around financial promotions kind of tie into the FCA's recent publication of the final rules on um, high risk investments. Yeah, thanks, Hannah. Well, look, as you say, the FCA recently published its policy statement concerning the changes to financial promotion rules for high risk investments and also for firms approving financial promotions. And the new rules amount to a really significant change to the to the operation of the rulebook, really, for the promotion of quite a number of products categorised as high risk investments by the FCA. I mean, these include products currently labelled as restricted mass market investments, such as non readily realisable securities. So securities promoted through crowdfunding platforms, for example, and non-mass market investments, including non-mainstream pooled investments, uh, often known as NMPIs. As those who followed the consultation and now the policy statement will know, the regime in COPS 4 is going to be rationalised to some degree, although you know it's noteworthy that more work is on the way there in the form of a further review of the FCA's categorisation of high-risk investments. The policy statement does, however, maintain most of the proposals concerning changes to the customer journey into high-risk investments. The FCA is implementing proposals to, for example, strengthen risk warnings, ban inducements to investments, to introduce positive frictions, including the, the new 24-hour cooling-off period, and also stronger appropriateness tests. And all of these changes add up to quite significant business model adjustments for firms involved in these sectors. More obviously tied to the, the particular bill measures that we've been discussing today, however, I suppose that the proposals uh, in PS, uh, sorry, the, the provisions in, in PS 2210, no longer proposals, but, but going to be made rules, which seek to strengthen the role of firms who are approving and communicating financial promotions. For example, currently the rules don't contain a specific restriction on firms approving or communicating financial promotions for products or services where they lack relevant expertise, a point that we've been picking up in, in this podcast today. To address the potential for harm there, the FCA has proposed to introduce a new rule that will require firms to self-assess whether they have the necessary competence and expertise in an investment product or service before approving or communicating a relevant financial promotion. Where a firm wishes to communicate a promotion but doesn't have the relevant uh, competence or expertise in-house, then they must find an authorised person that does. So I, I do think there's a, a link back to those, those uh, issues that I mentioned earlier in terms of the policy rationale for, for the measures in the bill around the gateway and what the FCA is doing uh, in its latest rules now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that you have to look at these um, changes in both the bill and the FCA rules as being part of a, a kind of holistic um, set of changes to the financial promotion regime, all of which are kind of clearly demonstrating that financial promotion is really important for the FCA. And it's in particular, I think it's consumer protection objective. Um, and that, you know, this is what we've had published in recent weeks is is just one part of it, but there's there's clearly more to come. So, I mean, thank you everyone for joining us. Um, for further information on the UK Financial Services and Markets Bill, please visit the Norton Rose Fulbright Regulation Tomorrow uh, website, where we'll be publishing further information um, and several more episodes on the topic over the next few weeks.
You can also subscribe to the podcasts on Apple or Spotify to receive regular updates.